Then what happened? Qala, he said, Zakariya alayhi salam, when he heard this good news, he said, Rabbi, O oh my Lord, anna yakunu li ghulam. How can I have a son? Now he's surprised. Now he's amazed. He's not asking this question, how will I have a child? Because he's in doubt. Because he thinks it's not possible. Because he thinks Allah cannot cause that to happen. No. This is out of pure amazement. This is out of surprise. If he doubted, then he wouldn't have asked. Okay? If he doubted, he wouldn't have asked. The fact that he asked shows that he knew it was very much possible for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when he's saying, Oh my Lord, how can I have a child? This is just out of amazement. And also to be sure. Okay, to be sure, to be certain that, okay, this is certainly going to happen. You know, this is just like you ask someone, can we please go to the grocery store? And they don't respond, they don't answer, and then finally they say, yes, we can go. Then you're like, how? The car is broken and it's snowing outside. How? You're not objecting, but you want to make sure that there's still a way to go. Okay, so likewise, Zakaria wanted to be sure. He wanted to know how it was going to happen. Because human beings, we are limited in our knowledge, in our perception, and we need to know about certain things that will assure us the certainty of an event. So this is why he asked, "Anna yakunu li ghulam? Waqad balaghani al while in fact, old age has reached me. Balagani, balamrain, balagayablu to reach. So it has reached me. What has reached me? Al kibar. Kibar from kaf bara is old age. So extreme old age has reached me. As a person ages, fertility decreases. Right? Especially if a person does not have children. I mean, it's more unlikely that they will have children. So he says, I'm so old. How will it be? that I will have a child. I've never had children before, and now that I'm very old, I will have a child. In Surah Maryam, we learned that he said, قَالَ رَبِّ إِنِّي وَهَنَ الْعَظْمُ مِنِّي وَاشْتَعَلَ الرَّأْسُ شَيْبًا He said, I'm so old, that my bones have become weak, and my head has flared up with white, meaning I am extremely old. At another place we learn, وَقَدْ بَلَغْتُ مِنَ الْكِبَرِ عِتِيَّةِ That I have reached extreme old age. You're not just talking about someone who has gray hair, you're talking about someone who has pure white hair. And they've had white hair since a decade or so. Or maybe more. They've reached extreme old age. You're talking about someone who has a frail, weak body because of old age. This is how he was physically. So he says, وَقَدْ بَلَغَنِيَ الْكِبَرِ and on the other hand, aqir, And my wife is barren. My wife is aqir, ayn qafra. Aqara is to produce no results. And aqir is used for a person who is infertile, who cannot have children. A woman who does not become pregnant. So my wife is like that. She has never had a child, and now with her old age, she cannot have children. So how will it be? Qala, Allah said, كَذَلِكَ 
That's exactly how it will be. Meaning, you will remain old as you are, your wife will be aqid as she is, meaning there will be no physical changes, not that you will become young and she will become young, or you will have a different wife, no. Exactly as it is, kathalik. This is how it will be. How? Allahu yaf'alu ma yasha. Allah does whatever He wants. If He can cause a young body to have a child, He can also cause an old body to have a child. If He can give children to one person, He can give children to another person as well. Allahu yaf'alu ma yasha. Kadalika, just like this deed, that Allah can give you a child while you are old and your wife is old, Allah can do many other things. What do we learn? What do we say? That Allahumma la mani'a lima a'atayta wa la mu'atiya lima man'ata. That, oh Allah, no one can stop what you give and no one can give what you withhold. So if Allah wants to give something, then He can easily give it. Allahu yaf'alu ma yasha. Nothing can prevent Him. Qala, Zakariya alayhi salam said, Rabbi, O oh my Lord, ij'al ayah. Make for me a sign. Now he wants to be even more sure. He trusts Allah. He knows that he is going to have a child because Allah said, but after all, he's a human being. He wants to make sure. He says, Oh Allah, make a sign for me. I want to see some kind of sign, you know, that will tell me that my wife has conceived. Because once my wife has conceived, then I will know that for sure we're having a child. And back in the day, there were no pregnancy tests, there were no ultrasounds, so there was no way of really finding out if a woman was pregnant, except after several weeks. Now, he wanted to know for sure that he was having a child. He wanted to have a sign. Rabbi ja'alli ayah. Oh my Lord, I'd like to have a sign. Qala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ayatuka, your sign is that Allah, that not tukalliman nas. You will not speak to the people. Tukallima from kalam, kaf lam mim. You will not speak to the people for how long? Thalathata ayyamin. Three days. Ayyam is a plural of yawm. You will not speak to people. You will not communicate with them for three days. And the nights are included in this. Illa except ramza. Gestures, signs, indications. Rams is from the root letters ra mim zai. And rams is to signal with the hand or with the head. So basically hand gestures, okay? Gestures that a person makes in order to communicate with another. So you will be able to communicate with people through signals, through gestures, but you won't be able to talk to the people. This was not because he became mute or there was some kind of deformity, disability or whatever. No. This was just for those three days that Allah did not let him speak. Okay? Because we learned sawiyyah at another place in the Quran, in Surah Maryam, we learned about the word sawiyyah, which is perfectly sound. Meaning your body will be sound, nothing wrong with your mouth, but you won't be able to speak to the people. When that happens, that you're not able to speak, then know that your wife has conceived. So Allah tukalliman nasa thalathata ayyamin illa ramza, except for gestures. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him that during these three days and nights when you're not able to speak, the only way of communicating with people is through gestures, then what should you do at that time? Wadkur rabbaka kathira. And remember Allah much. 
Remember Allah much during those three days and nights. وَسَبِّحْ And glorify بِالْعَشِيِّ وَالْإِبْكَارِ In the evening and in the morning. Al-Ashi from the root letters عَيْن شِينِيَا It's used for afternoon. It's the time from when the sun begins to decline until midnight. Okay? So you're talking about the time of Zuhur, Asr, Maghrib, Isha. All of this is what? Ashi. And Ibkar from the root letters Bakafra. This refers to the first part of the morning, the early part of the morning. So remember Allah much and glorify Him in the evening and in the morning. Listen to the recitation. قَالَ رَبِّ أَنَّا يَكُونُ لِي غُلَامٌ وَقَدْ بَلَغَنِيَ الْكِبَرُ وَامْرَأَتِي عَاقِرٌ قَالَ كَذَلِكَ اللَّهُ يَفْعَلُ مَا يَشَاءُ قَالَ رَبِّ جَعَلْ لِي آيَةٌ قَالَ آيَتُكَ أَلَّا تُكَلِّمَ النَّاسَ ثَلَاثَةَ أَيَّامٍ إِلَّا رَمْزًا وَاذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ كَثِيرًا وَسَبِّحْ بِالْعَشِيِّ وَالْإِبْكَارِ So what do we learn in these verses? That it is okay to seek conviction. Or certainty. That even if you know something is happening or is going to happen, it is completely fine if you want to be more sure. That you ask for more proofs or evidences. That for example, if a woman is pregnant, she goes for a test. And if she goes for another test, if she goes for an ultrasound or whatever, is she doing something wrong? No, she's not. There is absolutely no sin in this. It's okay if she wants to keep a picture of that fetus. Okay? It's fine if she wants to see the fetus in the womb. It's fine. You know that you have a child, you believe, but is it sinful if you want to be more certain? It's not sinful at all. Zakariya was told by Allah you're going to have a child. I mean, what more proof do you want? If Allah is telling you, you don't need another evidence, you don't need another proof. But He still asks Allah, I want a sign. So this means, it's okay for us as well, that if something's happening, that we ask for a sign or an evidence or a proof, there is nothing wrong with this. Don't think this is weakness of faith, this is weakness of trust, this is doubting. No, there's nothing wrong with this. Another very important thing we learn in these verses is that Zakariya what sign was he given? That when he's unable to speak for three days, that means his wife has conceived. But during those three days of silence, what was he told to do? To sit there and be grouchy, I can't talk? Is it going to help? No. What does Allah tell him to do? وَذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ كَثِيرًا And this is a very, very important thing. When a person is disconnected from the people, in whatever way, disconnected from people, in whatever way, it could be that he's not able to talk, it could be that she's not able to call, it could be that she's not able to go somewhere, then what should a person do? Be sad? Be depressed? Say, I am so lonely? Yeah? This is what a person should think and believe? 
I'm alone, I have nobody. Yeah? This is what a person should say. I have no friends. And blame the people who are restricting us. It's because of him, it's because of her, it's because of this situation. What should a person do in that situation? What is Zakariya told? وَذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ كَثِيرًا Remember Allah much. Because what happens is that when we are among people, when we are with people, when we can talk to them, when we can communicate with them, then we forget to communicate with Allah. Isn't it so? We have a problem, something's bothering us, immediately we talk to the person who is in front of us. Or we bump into, or we run into. We see someone and we say, you know what, I have something to tell you. Please come here, I have to share this with you. But when you're alone, then who can you talk to? Who can you ask for help from? Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? So sometimes it happens that no matter how much we want to be with people, to be amongst people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not allow that. He just doesn't create those circumstances for us. Now in this situation, we could be upset, we could be angry, we could be sad, or we could be making the best of that situation. And how can you make the best of that situation? By turning to Allah. Take it as a blessing. Take it as a blessing that you are given the opportunity to talk only to Allah. That you can only do dhikr and nothing else. And many times this happens. Sometimes we're stuck in the car or we're stuck in traffic. And you're driving. You can't talk on the phone. You can't read something on your phone. You're the person who's driving. There's nobody in the car with you. And you're stuck in the traffic. What should you do? Yawn. Stare at the cars. Look at this car. Look at that car. What is that person doing? Look up at the sky. And then say, oh, what a waste of my time. Getting frustrated, getting angry. You could be spending that time doing dhikr as well. When do we ever take 15 minutes out, half an hour out, to do only dhikr? Have you ever done that? Hardly. Hardly. In your busy life. Now, Allah is making that situation for you. Where you can only remember Allah. So take advantage. Take benefit of that opportunity. Recently when I was in Pakistan, in winters there's a lot of fog. And because of that obviously, the airports, the aircrafts, they're affected. Okay, So many times it happens that you get to the airport and you find out that the flight has been delayed. An hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, five hours, and sometimes it keeps getting delayed. You check before coming, the flight is supposed to leave at a particular time. By the time you get to the airport, you find out the flight has been delayed a further two hours. And then the next thing you know, your flight left eight hours late. Okay, So it happened with my mother that she was leaving from Islamabad. She got to the airport and the flight was delayed. And that day, there was something. I don't know what it was in Pakistan. Because of security reasons, what the government had done was that all cell phones were cut off. Okay, So basically that meant you had no data. You could not text anyone. You could not call anyone. You could not communicate with anyone. Okay, And my mother, she makes the best use of her time. Alhamdulillah, I've seen that. She doesn't waste any moment. You know, She's doing her email or she's doing her work or listening to something or reading something. She said she was at the airport. She didn't know anyone, all strangers. okay. And on top of that, no cell phone. 
she couldn't talk to anyone, she couldn't have a meeting, she couldn't check her email, she couldn't do any of her work, what could she do there? So she said she busied herself in the dhikr of Allah. And when she came, she was fine. Typically when people come, after such long delays, they are exhausted and upset and angry. She wasn't like that. Because it's the dhikr of Allah that brings you peace and contentment. Isn't it so? You can say we have become very impatient people, we have become very ungrateful people, intolerant, that if plan A doesn't work, then it's as though the whole world has come to an end and we lose our temper, we get angry with people, and there is no plan B. It has to be this way or nothing. This is what we believe. And when plan A doesn't work out, then obviously we're going to be upset. We don't look at what else we can do. So yes, you cannot talk to people, but what can you do? You can do something else. Don't waste your time sulking. Don't waste your time depressed and upset. Do something. Make something of your time. So, Zakariya what advice was he given? وَذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ كَثِيرًا Remember Allah much. Because generally, we decrease in our remembrance of Allah. So at such times, we should increase in our remembrance of Allah. And the one who remembers Allah in these situations, then he doesn't mind being lonely. He doesn't mind being disconnected from people. He doesn't mind. Because at the end of the day, he is still with his Lord. He can still talk to Allah. He can still remember Allah. He knows that when I busy myself in the remembrance of Allah, I can still earn reward through this. And there must be a reason why Allah has brought about the situation on me. So وَذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ كَثِيرًا Another very important lesson that we learn in these verses is about the permissibility of communicating with people through gestures. You might say, yeah, of course. Zakariya was told that he won't be able to communicate with people except through rums, through gestures. And he was told to remember Allah much at the same time, simultaneously. So this means that when we're doing dhikr, we can communicate with people through gestures. Many times what happens, after salah we're doing our dhikr. Somebody comes and asks us something, we stop our dhikr and that's it. No ayatul kursi, no subhanallah, alhamdulillah, Allahu akbar. It's gone. Why? Because my brother came and asked me, where are the car keys? And that was the end of my dhikr. You can also indicate to him where the car keys are by just pointing with your finger. Right? Or by saying, just a minute please, I'm doing dhikr. Right? Can we do that or no? We can do that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not just given a tongue to communicate with, He has also given us our body. So sometimes give rest to your tongue and use the body that Allah has given you. Busy your tongue in doing something more important. So وَذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ كَثِيرًا Then we also learn in these verses about the importance and virtue of remembering Allah at two times. What are those two times? In the evening and in the early morning. Why? Because remembering Allah in these two times is far better than remembering Allah at other times. How do we know that? A hadith tells us the Prophet ﷺ said, I prefer sitting with a group of those who remain busy remembering Allah after Fajr Salah up to sunrise. I prefer doing this than what? 
than the noble act of setting free four Arab slaves. If I had a choice between remembering Allah from Fajr until sunrise and setting four slaves free, I would go with the first option. I prefer that. And he said, similarly, I prefer sitting with a group of those who remain busy in remembrance of Allah after the Asr Salah up to sunset to the noble act of setting free four Arab slaves. So this shows to us that remembering Allah at these two times is far better. Why? Why these two times? Early morning, what happens? You're about to start your day. You have to have breakfast, you have to get ready, you have to do your work, whatever. And in that hurry, in that rush, what do we leave? What do we ignore? The dhikr of Allah. In the evening, you're wrapping up your day. Right? So what do we ignore? The dhikr of Allah. And when we don't remember Allah at these two times, then we don't remember Allah at any other time of the day. And you can analyze yourself. The day you miss your morning dhikr, you don't remember Allah for the rest of the day. The day you miss your evening dhikr, you don't remember Allah for the rest of the evening. And what I mean by morning and evening dhikr is your morning and evening adhkar. Because when you say them in the morning and the evening, then what happens? You're able to remember Allah all day long. And when we don't, then we're not able to remember Allah all day long. And you can analyze yourself, you can check yourself, and you will find this to be true. Because when you start with the dhikr of Allah, then what happens? You have such a good feeling. Right? And you're motivated to do more. But when you haven't had a good start, then you say, oh, I didn't even say my morning of God, why would I make these musnoon du'as? And it happens that when we don't remember Allah in the morning, then we are deprived from Allah's protection and we suffer in the day. We are not that productive. We suffer as well. We suffer hardships. And when we don't remember Allah in the evening, again, we suffer in the evening, in the night. We are not in Allah's protection then. You must have heard about that narration of the du'a Bismillahilladhi la yadurru ma'asmihi shayun fil ardi wa la fil samai wa huwa samir alim saying that three times that if someone says it in the morning then nothing harms him until the evening. Somebody says it in the evening nothing harms him until the morning. And one of the narrators he said that since I've heard this I've never left it. And he had some kind of paralysis or something some kind of disability and the one who heard that narration looked at him like that that you're saying you never left it and you have this obvious problem and he said that he got very angry he said that one day I didn't say it and that's when this happened to me so remember Allah in the evening and in the morning and recall when the angel said what did they say ya Maryam oh Maryam now after the mention of Zakariya back to the mention of the story of Maryam alayhi that إِذْ قَالَتَ الْمَلَائِكَةُ يَا مَرْيَمُ When the angel said, O Maryam. Notice, وَإِذْ What does that mean? وَذْكُرْ is. O Prophet ﷺ, remember, recall, mention when this incident happened. Why mention? Why remember? Because it's such an important incident that you must remember, you must make it known. It is only befitting that this incident be known to people. So when the angel said, O Maryam, إِنَّ اللَّهَ اصْطَفَاكِ Indeed, Allah has chosen you. We learned earlier, إِنَّ اللَّهَ اصْطَفَى آدَمَ وَنُوحًا Over here, what do we learn? That Allah also chose Maryam. Now when we heard that verse, we said, that was Adam alayhi salam. 
That was Nuh alayhi salam. That was Ibrahim alayhi salam. They were men. They were prophets. What do we see here? Maryam. She was a woman. And she was not an old auntie at this time. She was a young virgin girl. A young girl. We think when we become very old, then we'll become very righteous. No, Allah chose her when she was so young. In Allah astafaki. We have a chance too. But it's only possible if we want. In Allah astafaki. How did Allah make her of His chosen people? Allah gave her something unique that others didn't have. And what was that? That Allah accepted her from her mother. Allah accepted her. She had nabatan hasanan, a very good, excellent way in which she was brought up. She was put under the care of Zakariya She was brought in the household of a prophet, in other words. And Allah chose her for the honor of the miraculous birth of Isa alayhi And Allah has purified you, cleansed you from tahara. What does this mean? To purify, to cleanse. So she was purified from what? From what? Clean from what? Some scholars have said that this means physically she was clean, so she would not menstruate like other women do. But that's not relevant. Taharaki, I mean, if a woman does not menstruate, that's not purification, that's kind of like a problem. Okay? That's a disability. So anyway, taharaki, what seems to be stronger opinion is that Allah purified her from intangible filth. From arjas ma'nawiyya. And what is intangible filth? Bad akhlaq. Bad characteristics, bad manners. Low and mean traits that humiliate a person. Right? So she was always engaged in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah purified her, cleaned her from all fahisha, all indecency. From disobedience. From disbelief. From the accusations that were hurled at her. Allah cleansed her. Allah purified her. وَاصْطَفَاكِ And Allah has chosen you عَلَى نِسَاءِ الْعَالَمِينَ Over the women of the worlds. Notice how إِصْطَفَاكِ has been mentioned twice in this ayah. Allah has chosen you and Allah has purified you and Allah has chosen you. You might say, why is this repeated? The first time that إِصْطَفَاكِ is mentioned... That is that Allah has chosen you over who? Over people in general. Over mankind in general. And the second istafaki, that Allah has chosen you above who? Above women. So from mankind, from people, and more specifically from women. Okay? More specifically from women. So she was not just chosen above, preferred above people, but women even. And this is the reason why we see that no other woman was given the privilege that she was given. First of all, no human being was given the privilege that she was given. What was that? Giving birth to Risa And besides, no other woman. Another woman could have been chosen for that as well, right? But no other woman was chosen except for her. وَاسْطَفَاكِ عَلَى نِسَاءِ الْعَالَمِينَ and this shows that Maryam was one of those few women who were chosen by Allah who had a special status. And there are several ahadith which prove this. A hadith in Bukhari tells us that many among men attain perfection, but among women none attain perfection except Maryam, the daughter of Imran, and Asiya, the wife of Fir'aun.
Another hadith tells us that the Prophet ﷺ said, the best of the women in the world is Maryam. And the best of the women in the world is Khadija. Meaning both were the best women of their times. So there are several ahadith which tell us about the excellence, the great status of Maryam. But why do you think she was chosen? What was special about her? When she was chosen, she didn't live the life of a princess, the life of you know a typical girl. No. That meant she worshipped Allah constantly. And this is something that is not easy to do. Yahya alayhi salam, who was he? Hasur, always controlling himself. Maryam alayhi salam, always busy in the worship of Allah. And this, my dear sisters, is something that we have to realize. In order to reach a higher level in the sight of Allah, we have to stop ourselves from certain things. We have to control ourselves from certain things. This doesn't mean that we don't get married. This doesn't mean that we don't eat, that we don't dress up. No. This means that we don't waste our time. This means that we don't follow people blindly. This means that we don't go on saying whatever we feel like saying. Doing whatever we feel like doing. Waking up whenever we want to. Sleeping for as long as we want to. Sitting on the computer for as long as we want to. No. This is not the life of someone who is of a high status in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Someone who has a high status in the sight of Allah, they live a very a life in which they control themselves a lot. They limit themselves a lot from things that other people engage in. From things that other people think it's very normal to do. It could be something as small as wearing the hijab. Right? Aren't you controlling yourself? Aren't you restraining yourself? You want to show your hair, you want to show your clothes, but the moment you step out, you have to be covered. But only then will we be chosen in the sight of Allah. Right? Likewise, we think that if we should say whatever we want to, if somebody upsets us, then go ahead and pick a fight with them and go say to them whatever you want to. But someone who has a high status in the sight of Allah doesn't let their tongue loose. No. They control their tongue in front of their in-laws, in front of people who are older than them, in front of people who deserve respect from them. So when we control ourselves, only then can we have a high status in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the reality of the people who succeed in life. People who are successful in their lives, they don't live like other people live. No. They don't live like other people live. People who become doctors, you think they become doctors just like that? They have to study so much. They have to keep themselves away from many things that other people do. Why? Because you want to reach higher. And you cannot reach that high level unless and until you limit yourself in that way. So likewise, if we want to go higher in the sight of Allah, then there are many things whose urge, the wish, we have to resist it. The yearning, we have to control it. Maryam was like that. And when someone is chosen, then what is required of them? Ya Maryam, O Maryam, uqnuti li rabbik. Be devoutly obedient to your Lord. Ya Maryam, uqnuti li rabbik. Uqnuti from qaf nunta, qunut. And qunut gives the meaning of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with humility, with consistency, with fear that if a person is praying, 
they don't just quickly whiz through Surah Fatiha and Surah Ikhlas and go into Rukur. No. Qunut is that they're standing and they're praying with humility, with concentration, with fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, they're taking their time because it gives a meaning of long qiyam. Spending a long time in the worship of Allah. So, uqnuti li rabbik. But what happens with us? We spend five minutes and we start getting impatient. We're like, oh, is it one o'clock yet? Is it one o'clock? When, when is the class going to be over? How many verses left? One verse? Okay, quickly, quickly. Like, we get impatient, isn't it? We don't have that patience. But if we want to be of the chosen people, then patience is required. Many scholars, they didn't become scholars just by attending a class or two. Just by studying a book or two. No. They would have to tie themselves up so that they wouldn't go anywhere. So that they could spend hours and hours studying, learning. And until a person does that, he cannot be successful. So, uqnuti li rabbik. Wasjudi and do sajda. Warka'i and do rukur. This ya at the end of uqnuti, wasjudi, warka'i. This ya at the end is for female. Because when a command is being given to a woman, then this is how it is said. So, prostrate, bow down, ma'arraki'een with those who bow down. Meaning, be of those people who worship Allah. Be of those people who do sajda to Allah. Typically what happens, if we feel that we are special, and you ask anyone, they will say that, yes, I am special, Allah has given me this, Allah has given me that. Right? Every person feels that they are special in some way or the other. Then what happens? If we are special in any way, then we have to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even more. This is something very important. When Allah blesses us with something, then we have to worship Allah more. Maryam salam was chosen, and because she was chosen, she had to worship Allah more. When Allah chose us, gave us the blessing of the knowledge of His deen, the knowledge of the Qur'an, the study of the Qur'an, then what does it mean? We think, yes, we've become very righteous. I know the translation of Alif Lam Mim Dhalik Al Kitabu La Rayba Fi. I can tell you the translation, I can tell you the root words, I'm very special. That's it. I'm very righteous. Is that sufficient? No. It is insufficient. It is very insufficient if we are not doing qiyam, if we are not doing sajda, if we're not doing rukur, if we're not remembering Allah. All this study, all this study is of no benefit if we don't increase in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we don't increase in the worship of Allah, this knowledge will be a burden on us. You know, in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about the example of the people who were given the book, but they did not carry it properly. Their example is like that of a donkey that is carrying books. What does a donkey know what he's carrying? Does he benefit from the books that he's carrying? Is he going to read them? Is he going to become a scholar? Is he going to get a degree? No. It's a burden on him. Likewise, if this study, if this Qur'an, whatever we're learning, does not help us come closer to Allah, it does not make us make more dua to Allah, it does not make us a better person than all of these juz that you're carrying, that you're bringing every day, they will be a burden on you. They will be a burden on you. And in this dunya, a small, a light burden, but on the day of judgment, a much heavier burden. May Allah protect us from that. So wasjudi warka'i ma'arraki'een. Don't be impressed by yourself. I know. 
Alif Lam Mim, we know Surah Baqarah, I'm studying Surah Ali Umran, I know this, I know that. Don't be impressed with yourself. There's much that needs to be improved. And we can see that in our ibadah. If we are close to Allah, if we make dua to Allah, then yes, there is hope. And if we don't, then consider yourself to be a failure. But that doesn't mean you give up hope. That means you do more. Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more. Allah says, ذَلِكَ مِنْ أَنْبَاءِ الْغَيْبِ This is from the news of the unseen. What is? This entire incident that has been mentioned, of the story of the wife of Imran, of the story of Zakariya salam, of Maryam, all of this is from the news of the unseen. Amba is the plural of Naba. And Naba is important, relevant news from the root letters Noon by Hamza. News of the unseen, meaning this was hidden from you. It was unknown to you. You had no idea about this. It was lost in history. How have you come to know about this, O Prophet ﷺ? We have revealed it to you. Nuhihi from Wauhaya, Wahi, revelation. We have revealed it to you. This is how you have come to know of this. Likewise, we didn't know about this incident. How did we come to know then? Through this revelation, which is the Quran. So, Nuhihi ilayka. وَمَا كُنْتَ لَدَيْهِمْ And you were not present with them. O Prophet ﷺ, you were not لَدَيْهِمْ لَدَيْ This indicates place. So you were not present with them. إِذْ يُلْقُونَ أَقْلَامَهُمْ When they were casting their pens. يُلْقُونَ from لَام قَافِيَ إِلْقَى is to throw. And أَقْلَام is the plural of قَلَم. قَاف لَام ميم. And قَلَم is used for a reed pen. A pen that is made of reed. So you're not talking about a plastic pen. No, reed. So, إِذْ يُلْقُونَ أَقْلَامَهُمْ When they were casting their pens. Why were they casting their pens? أَيُّهُمْ That which of them would يَكْفُلُ Maryam? Which of them who would be the guardian of Maryam? What is this referring to? This is referring to the incident when the mother of Maryam السلام, brought her to the Baytul Maqdis and when she told the people over there about her decision to devote her child and her promise with Allah and the fact that she had a daughter, then what happened? The people said that we can't accept a girl. And I mentioned to you earlier that it is said that she mentioned to them about some of the dreams that she had had and at that they started arguing. They said, no, I want to be her guardian. Each one of the scholars over there, each one of the leaders at the Bayt al-Maqdas, what did he want? That Maryam should be under his guardianship. So there was a huge argument about this. Everyone wanted to be her guardian. Why? Because they knew she was someone special. And if someone special is under your care, then you would also become special in the sight of Allah. So they wanted to take charge of Maryam. So they decided, okay, what should we do? We should cast lots. We should draw lots. Okay? This is just like people put their names on pieces of paper. And you close those pieces of paper and you mix them up in a bowl or something and you ask a random person, please pick one. And they pick it and whoever's name is written on it, they are chosen for the work. So what did those scholars do? Because they were scholars, they had pens. Okay? So their pens, they threw them into the river. Whichever pen drowned in the river was, you know, went away in the river, that was lost. Okay? But the pen that rose to the surface, that stayed, okay, whoever's pen it was, they would get 
that chance to serve, to be the guardian of Maryam a.s. And whose pen was it? Zakaria a.s. So, إِذْ يُلْقُونَ أَقْلَامَهُمْ أَيُّهُمْ يَكْفُلُ Maryam. Amazing. Maryam a.s. mother, when she had a daughter, she was so worried. She was so worried. But Allah accepted. فَتَقَبَّلَهَا رَبُّهَا بِقَبُولٍ حَسَنٍ that look at how the scholars, the leaders of the Baytul Maqdis, each and every one of them wanted Maryam. Each and every single one of them wanted. To the point that there was a fight. To the point that they had to do this in order to decide who would be the guardian. Now this is a dua being accepted. This is a promise made with Allah, a devotion made for His sake, accepted. So, أَيُّهُمْ يَكْفُلُ مَرْيَمْ وَمَا كُنْتَ لَدَيْهِمْ The Prophet ﷺ is told, you were not with them, إِذْ يَخْتَصِمُونَ When they were disputing, when they were arguing. يَخْتَصِمُونَ from خَاصَادْ مِيمْ What were they arguing about? That who should be the guardian of Maryam. So you weren't there. When you weren't there, you couldn't have seen yourself. When you couldn't have seen, you couldn't have known. So the story is not made up. Okay? And how have you come to know? through the revelation that Allah has given to you. And the whole Qur'an is like this. The Prophet ﷺ didn't see Musa ﷺ, didn't see Isa ﷺ. He wasn't there at those times, at those places. How did he come to know? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed that to him. Because, وَإِنَّكَ لَمِنَ الْمُرْسَلِينَ Recitation. قَالَ رَبِّ جَعَلْ لِي قَالَ آيَتُكَ أَلَّا تُكَلِّمَ النَّاسَ ثَلَاثَةَ أَيَّامٍ إِلَّا رَمْزًا وَاذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ كَثِيرًا وَسَبِّحْ بِالْعَشِيِّ وَالْإِبْكَارِ وَإِذْ قَالَتِ الْمَلَائِكَةُ يَا مَرْيَمُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ اصْطَفَاكِ وَطَهَّرَكِ وَاصْطَفَاكِ عَلَى نِسَاءِ الْعَالَمِينَ يَا مَرْيَمُ قُنُتِي لِرَبِّكِ وَاسْجُدِي وَارْكَعِي مَعَ الرَّاكِعِينَ ذَلِكَ مِنْ أَنْبَاءِ الْغَيْبِ نُوحِيهِ إِلَيْكَ وَمَا كُنْتَ لَدَيْهِمْ إِذْ يُلْقُونَ أَقْلَامَهُمْ أَيُّهُمْ يَكْفُلُ مَرْيَمَ وَمَا كُنْتَ لَدَيْهِمْ إِذْ يَخْتَصِمُونَ So one is that which you offer to Allah and one is that which Allah gives to you. It's a two-way relationship, right? You have to give something to Allah and there is something that Allah will give you too. And this is only possible when you love Allah and He loves you back. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those people. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.